Welcome to Classically Minded. This is a project to document the lives and experiences of musicians during the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm your host, Garrett John Law, and today I'm joined by soprano Grace Whitfley. Grace is a resident artist of the Toledo Opera, and her contract was just extended through the 2022 season. Grace made her Carnegie Hall debut in March 2020 as soprano soloist in Rayfon Williams' cantata, Dona Nobis Pacha. In the last year of the Metropolitan Opera's audition cycle, she was named a regional finalist. So, I'm so excited to have her on the show, and I'd like to welcome Grace. Thanks for being with us. Yeah, thank you, Garrett. So glad to be here. So, let's talk about the pandemic and how it's affected your life as a musician. Let's start from the very beginning. What were you up to in March 2020? Yeah, so I think that people sort of generalize the beginning of the pandemic as like mid-March, like March 15th-ish. So about a week before that, I was flying out to New York City to start rehearsals for my (laughs) Carnegie Hall solo debut as the soprano soloist for the Rayfon Williams' Dona Nobis Pachem. It was this amazing experience because it was, I was invited to be there by the conductor of my undergraduate choir from Capital University. And she had also invited a bunch of high school choirs from around Ohio to sort of join her choir to become this mass group to sing the piece. And one of those high school choirs was Um, my high school choir, which was then conducted by my mom. So it was like this full circle, like you walk into the rehearsal room and there's my mom and there's my dad because he had like also joined the trip. And there is my high school choir and there are my friends from undergrad and there is my (laughs) undergraduate choir director who was like my biggest musical mentor. And it was just this full circle, amazing experience and I couldn't have asked for anything better. And then on top of it, at the end of the week, I sang on Carnegie Hall stage and it was amazing. And it was like the point of the pandemic where There were little bottles of hand sanitizer on the tables at the rehearsals. Um, We were rehearsing in like a ballroom at a hotel. So it was like 250 singers standing shoulder to shoulder, no distancing, no masks, none of that. The actual concert was pretty much full. None of this like 25% capacity, none of that. Carnegie Hall was full, it was amazing. So like, peak of my career, right? Like highest musical accomplishment. And I, that week had also signed my contract for Toledo Opera for my first resident artist position. So it was like banner week in Grace's life. It was amazing. So the concert was on a Sunday. I flew home back to Chicago on a Monday. By that Thursday, four days later, two of my jobs shut down. Three days after that, my third job shut down. So in the midst of about 10 days, I had gone from like amazing (laughs) Carnegie Hall to then being completely unemployed, no income coming in at all, driving back to Ohio to stay at my parents' house for two weeks while things were shut down. So talk about like a wild turn of events. It was a little bit like whiplash, like, 
whoa, this is happening really quickly. But yeah, those were that was the early days of the <laughs> the pandemic. That seems so quaint now, just to imagine. Oh, a little bit of hand sanitizer. That'll do it. And New York's like being in New York City, which then turned into the epicenter of the pandemic in, you know, the US. Just wild. <laughs> you mentioned that, you know, your jobs shut down and you recently started with the Toledo Opera. You received news that you're going to start with them the week before you went to New York. So, what was it like to get started with the Toledo Opera during the pandemic? So Toledo Opera has been like a saving grace this year. It's been remarkable. They, from the beginning, were really committed to keeping our contracts and paying us, <laughs> which was um, so generous of them. And I will forever be so extremely grateful to them for doing that. And I also recognize how lucky I am to be a professional musician this year you know, being paid to do my art, which is not something that a lot of people can say, so I get it. So, like I said, I signed my contract for them in March, and their first production was meant, was scheduled to be like early October of 2020. It was going to be Verdi's Aida, which is just like a massive show. They decided over the summer to switch that to then be a double bill of Trial by Jury, which is an operetta by Gilbert and Sullivan, and then to pair that with a two-person opera called Scalia Ginsburg, which details the relationship between Justice Scalia and Justice Ginsburg. So we knew pretty much right away that the fall show wasn't going to happen. Um, totally fine. That double bill then eventually got postponed to be in April 2021, and then canceled altogether. But to sort of like create an opportunity for us, they started this series called Opera Outdoors, which turned into pop-up concerts and performances around the city of Toledo throughout the fall of 2020 at places like the farmer's market, the zoo, the museum, the botanical gardens, sort of all around the city in order to continue to bring live music to Toledoans. It was then during that process that we found out that the rest of the season had been canceled because things were not getting better <laughs> at the pace that they were expected to get better. So then it turned into just like filming and recording everything that we were supposed to have been doing that year. So we filmed our children's opera that we would have toured elementary and junior high schools with. We filmed a Halloween concert. We filmed a Christmas concert. We filmed arias. We filmed Valentine songs. We filmed another big like documentary concert kind of thing. It was just like a lot of filming, which is what I think a lot of arts organizations turn to this year. Um, but, it, you know, it was work and it was something to do, but it wasn't what any of us are trained for. You know, like I'm not trained to sing on Zoom um, <laughs> for however long I need to. But in the end, it was better to have that to, than to have nothing at all. So like I said, so continually extremely grateful to Toledo Opera for coming up with creative solutions to keep us as busy as possible. <laughs> so you must be very grateful for that. 
but also I think you've taken on some creative projects of your own. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about how you found new ways to stay connected with friends and family. Sure. So I realized pretty early on that this was going to be the time of creative solutions, like I mentioned with Toledo Opera. And I also realized that because there were no concerts, performances, shows, what have you, people were lacking those shared experiences that you get by attending, you know, events like that. So I was inspired to create a small business called Moments of Grace, um, inspired by sort of two different parts of my life. One, by this virtual music therapy thing that I started um, when the pandemic hit, and then also by a family friend whose mom lived out in California who really loved music but, you know, couldn't go anywhere to see anything. So she asked if I would ever create a program for her and sing for her over FaceTime. And of course I said yes. And then I thought, I bet you're not the only person who would be interested in something like this. So Moments of Grace was born. The tagline is virtual personal concerts. The idea is, you know, I'll sing for anybody who wants to hear it. And I'll celebrate any reason, birthdays, anniversaries, what have you. I, I sang for a lot of like families on Zoom, some of my own family members, some other families, and it became this really wonderful and like joyful thing to do in the midst of a year that wasn't abundantly joyful. Yes, actually I really enjoyed seeing some of these moments of grace that you shared online and even just being surprised by a birthday party or having the whole family together and watching a concert and then there's the cat walking in the background. Just some really <laughs> awesome moments. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about a story that has to do with some political um, concerts. Sure, yeah. So my cousin, her partner reached out to me to see if I could sing for her parents' wedding anniversary. And of course I said yes. Her parents were big country fans and Dolly Parton fans in particular. So I suggested Light of a Clear Blue Morning as one of the songs for the program. Thought that was a great idea. It's a great song. Cool. All set. So the performance was scheduled to be November 8th, which then ended up being the day after Joe Biden was called to be the winner of the presidential election. My cousin and her partner and her family and I um, are all liberals. So this idea of like light of a clear blue morning just was this wild coincidence that we had scheduled that. I had intended to mention something about that because I knew um, the political leanings of the group and how just crazy it was that we chose this song. And then about 20 minutes before I was supposed to start, I get this message from my cousin saying, abort the mission, abort. Um, the, the radically conservative aunt has joined the family Zoom. No talk about the election, none of that. I said, okay, got it. Um, we still sang the song and it was still great, but we did not mention <laughs> what had happened that past week. So... Uh, that was a, just a strange timing of events. 
Yeah, that is hilarious. I have to say for myself, I was also scheduled to play a certain hymn in church that sort of fit the election season just, just right. I can relate to that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit into how you've adapted to this pandemic. So maybe some of the darker moments of the pandemic, how are you gonna be different after this is all over? It's been a tough year to be, well, really anyone. It's just been a tough year for the world. And as a singer, it's been difficult because my career, my art form, was deemed a health hazard really early on in this whole thing. So I think for a lot of people that, that turned into a very depressing, destructive idea to think about, you know, I can't do my art safely anymore. I'm going back to these creative solutions that I keep talking about because I think that that was sort of like the key of this year for me. Um, I realized early on that a concert in a hall with an audience on a stage was just not going to be a thing for a while. Um, so I created opportunities for myself, gigs, this small business, moments of grace. Um, I just tried to keep myself busy because that's when I do the best work is when I'm working towards a project, working towards a goal. So starting in like June of 2020, I had things lined up pretty much consistently until the end of February of 2021. That was the final round of the Met competition that I was in this year. And once that was over, I had nothing on my schedule for months. That really sent me into this like, what what do I what do I do? What am I doing? What what's the point? Um, I sat around the house for a while, not even wanting to practice, not even wanting to try to come up with something to do. There was just nothing. Nothing could sort of like <laughs> inspire me out of this um, deep deep depression. And I realized that that came later in the midst of everything than probably other people's experiences. Um, but I think that it happened that way for me because I, I never realized this would ever be going on for this long. <laughs> you know, like I, I fully expected it, at least at the year mark, to feel like there was a, maybe a tiny little bit of hope. And, I, and like you said, I think everybody has their own path, their own experience of the pandemic. When this is all over, how are you gonna be different from this? That's a great question. I think pre-pandemic, to like, at, at least in my experience, to like prove you were a successful musician, singer, artist, your schedule had to be packed minute by minute. That was proof that you were working, that you were doing things, and that was the sign of success for a musician. So you had no time to breathe, to grow, to be inspired, to you know ask questions, nothing. No, 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 you just, you just went. Um, and I think that the, like the one thing <laughs> the pandemic has gifted us is time, is all of this free time. So in the midst of all of these cancellations, you have that time to sit down, 
get your get your mental health in order get your emotional health in order for me get my vocal health in order that that <laughs> has then allowed me to make all kinds of growth and all kinds of progress as a singer this year um, that I know for sure would not have happened um, if I didn't have this time. So I think when this goes back to normal or whatever normal means post-pandemic, I hope (laughs) that people sort of find that balance between working and having gigs and doing concerts and shows and all of that, but also giving yourself time to progress at the same rate that you progressed this year. I will be very conscious of overscheduling myself, saying no to an opportunity if it's maybe not the right fit at that time, because this year has just showed me how supremely important all of those areas of health are um, in order to do the kind of work that I want to do as a singer. I couldn't agree more. (laughs) I think mental health has really come to the forefront and I think there's still a lot of work to be done, as you said, especially for musicians. So uh, I'm really happy for you that you've come to that realization. So I know you actually hate this question, but I'm curious to know with all this personal growth that you've had, where you see yourself in five years. And maybe if you want to cop out, what motivates you as a musician? I will answer this question because I respect you so much. Um, (laughs) So I'll start with the second part about the motivation. Um, For as long as I can remember, my answer to the question, what do you want to be? What do you want to do with your life? Has always been, I want to sing and tell stories. Because that's what it boils down to for me. Um, Being able to use the musical language in order to connect with other human beings. I think that's why I do this. And I also have paired that with this idea that personally, it doesn't matter if it's the biggest stage in the world or the smallest stage in the world, who I'm singing for, where I'm singing, how much I'm getting paid, doesn't matter to me. I mean money is nice and great but you know in the end it doesn't matter to me all that much all that to say in five years if you're looking for an answer to that question um in five years i would love to be um a young artist for one of like the top young artist programs in the country which probably include like san francisco houston grand opera Um, Washington National, if we're really reaching Chicago Lyric and maybe the Lindemann program at the Met, any of those are, you know, reputable in their own right. And I would be so thrilled and amazed and grateful (laughs) to experience any of those programs. Well, I think no matter what happens, um, you've got a very bright future ahead of you. That is for sure. Thank you so much for joining us on Classically Minded. Uh, I hope we hear from you very soon with some exciting news. Thanks, Garrett.
Really appreciate it. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of Classically Minded. If you enjoyed today's episode and would like to learn more, please visit classicallyminded.org or follow us on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thank you for joining us, and we hope to see you next time. <laughs>